It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Starting uh, the drive home on a Monday. Thank you for being along, Patrick Johnson. Let's uh, say hello to the gang here today. Entering his uh, final week as a member of the uh, IBX Radio Clubhouse, the one and only Ben B Baby Byram. Hey Ben, today. What's happening? It's the final week. I don't know if I could take it. Uh, programming note for you this week: we will not have a show on Wednesday due to uh, baseball. Uh, preempting us, and I've got uh, some work on Friday, so Ben will be uh, on his final day hosting the Patrick Johnson Show. It's what a great way to go out. It's my big send-off special. I'm excited for it. got some big things planned. We have a special guest that day, too, right? Yeah, we might be talking to some guys running around in their pajamas on TV. Wait, what? What? Combine. Oh, okay. Come on, fellas. You didn't see that tweet? Oh. No. There's a big Twitter no. going around during the combine, people complaining about it. I'll never understand why old mans are watching young dudes in their pajamas run around. Of course, it's got like 80,000 know, likes. By the way, we say hello to uh, Chris Cook, Cookie, Woo! producing the show. You know, Cookie and I uh, had to had to work long hours with baseball this weekend. Ben. Oh, yeah, long, long weekend. I did basketball. Weekend. I had to do a couple things. Okay. I'm working to the very end, yeah. Cookie and I weren't glued to Twitter, is what I'm saying, this weekend. There's right, no telling right, what cookie. Cookie's glued to. No, there's not. There's no telling what. I'm glued to that ECU baseball, man. I was loving it. There you go. What was the score yesterday? See, let's not get into that. What was the score yesterday, Cookie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, look at Ben. Keep it going. Boy, you, I, I'm worried about keeping you guys. I'm really worried about you guys. I need to keep you guys apart, I think. <laughs> It's the final the week. The rest of the week. If it's yeah. it, it's Vince, like it's like Friday's going to be WrestleMania. It's the big payoff, and it's no, over. no. Let's go out. Let's let's be classy and go out on. A, if you guys are going to, Ben is so tired. Do it all fair. Ben is so tired of dealing with me and hearing me. <laughs> There's some truth to that. I'm sure it's the same on his end. I'm Jeez. sure it's the same on his end. I love Cookie, right, well, but uh, oh, it's, uh, oh, I love it, man. That's so funny. Well, more more from this. Uh, Lover spat later on. Um, it was uh, well. Speaking of the combine, how about Keaton Mitchell? Oh yeah, he ran a four three seven, right? That's true. Uh, big, very fast time. The uh, ten yard split, one point four eight. Vert vertical uh, is vertical thirty eight inches. The broad jump, ten feet six inches. Cookie will have more details coming up in our 94.3 The Game Sports update, but obviously that is turning some heads, and people were really impressed with Keaton Mitchell. C.J. Johnson not able to run, uh, reported by Hoist the Colors 247 that it was a self-admitted Achilles injury for C.J., so he was unable to go through any of the drills, but he probably was still able to interview with people, and the fact that he's there would 
seem to indicate that he's got an excellent chance to to get drafted. So we'll see. Uh, Pirates over the weekend on the diamond, two and one in the Leclerc Classic, the Keith Leclerc Classic, forty-five and fifteen all time in the event. Uh, they won handily Friday night over Indiana, seventeen four, and. Uh, Jacob Starling was uh, just fabulous that night at the plate, had the homer, had the three-run double, six runs driven in, most for a pirate since Spencer Brickhouse, I believe it was 18 or 19, forget, but I believe it was 19. And then uh, Trey Savage, 11 strikeouts. Pirates fell 3-2 to Long Beach State in uh, a really hotly contested game Saturday. Pirates then come back yesterday and take a 3-2 game with a big inning in the eighth, make it 11-2. Groves was uh, really good, five no-hit innings, struck out a career-high 10, so the Pirates 6-1 and one at home now this season. They will hit the road for two games uh, starting tomorrow in the Cannonballers uh, ballpark out in Kannapolis. They'll be playing Queens University, and then the Pirates will take on Elon. In Elon College, what well, used to be Elon College, North Carolina, on uh, Wednesday, and then Liberty this weekend. Uh, so, the other big uh, set of stories coming out of uh, Pirate Nation this weekend: uh, softball, three and two on the weekend, sixteen and five. They're still off to their best start since '05. Uh, got beat yesterday badly by Maryland, twelve-two. Maryland hit three home runs in that one. Uh, Pirate lacrosse, six and one, two wins over the weekend, beat Furman Friday and Wofford on Sunday. And then we'll start with women's basketball. Uh, Cookie, let me know when Ben is gotcha. av- available again, because I do want to ask you, he stepped away for a second. I can't quite see him. So let me, let me know when he gets back if I don't see him, but, uh, women's basketball waiting for the winner. Of the Tulane Cincinnati game tonight, and that'll determine who they play tomorrow in the American Athletic Conference tournament. Um, men's basketball finished the regular season 15 and 16, 6 and 12. Of course, they had to play three games and you know, I say five days, but really four and a half days because that 9 p.m. start. Losses uh, to Tulane and UCF over the weekend. Central Florida is healthy now, so they were. A lot to handle. The Pirates were just out of gas, mentally tired yesterday, I think. And then uh, on Friday night, they just got hosed. That's the way to put it. They just got hosed at Tulane. Did you just make a uh, fart noise to describe their performance? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I was, was trying to conceal. <laughs> I was trying to conceal a cough, but I, yeah, I'll say it was a. It well, was fitting, that? yeah. It was. Fi- yeah, how about that? Good. I know Cookie. No, th- there's that. no way that you didn't do that on purpose. If that's what you're implying. No, no. I, I, I was, I was concealing a cough. I've still got the, uh, the allergy. No, you, you, you were like in Friday. They were just. <laughs> well, they got the, the officiating was. <laughs> yeah. If, if I may be so bold. Well, I mean, there's three questionable flop calls at the end. Anyway. Yep. Or, or flops that weren't called. Um. What what happened at the men's basketball game yesterday, Ben? 
Um, so I guess some fans, as Mike Schwartz put it, were making derogatory comments towards the players. He said he didn't mind if it was towards him, but it was towards his players. Right. So he ordered them to get kicked out. But apparently yeah. some part fans that were there on site in Orlando said basically what they did was just escort the fan a couple rows up so Schwartz couldn't see him. But they made it seem well, like they were uh, kicking him out to satisfy his, you know, his complaints uh, and his concerns. Well, that, that doesn't surprise Well, at least they moved him away, but that yeah. doesn't surprise me. Still, I mean, they say it before every basketball game, even in Minji's, like if you make any derogatory comments towards the coaches and players. It's grounds you for will, removal. Yeah, grounds for yep. removal. That's the time. You know, I will not miss Central Florida in the slightest bit. I will not. And they've got a rude awakening waiting for them in the Big 12. They're not going to do well in any sport, I don't think, for a while. Maybe baseball, but outside of that. Congrats, congrats to uh, Kim McNeil, AAC Coach of the Year, and uh, Maya Joyner, the Freshman of the Year in the American. Danae McNeil, the Defensive Player and Comeback Player. Or most improved player of the year, however you want to phrase that. All right, uh, so that's some of the ECU news. PGA, Kurt Kitayama winning Arnie's event. Rory McIlroy, Harris English second. Kitayama won $3.6 million. Whew. Uh, Derek Carter, the Saints, four years, $150 million, $100 million guaranteed. Smart move. Oh, really smart move. Uh, yeah, I also think that was a good move on their part. You look at the quarterback. That has solved, that has solved some real problems in New Orleans. Yeah. And, Ben, you may disagree. I think makes them, right now, the favorite to win the South in the NFC. No, I completely agree. We all know the South is garbage, and you look at the quarterbacks that are coming back next year. you got Kyle Trask, who's never, I believe, played a regular season snap. you got Desmond Ritter. And then you have possibly Sam Darnold or a rookie for the Panthers. So they have a jump experience-wise when it comes to the quarterback position. And in a really bad division in the South, in the NFC South, if quarterbacks figure it out, chances are you're probably going to win it. So I can completely agree in that uh, in that sense. My thing is, though, it sounds like they're playing towards division titles. Does this necessarily mean you're going to be a Super Bowl contender? No. I mean, you obviously want to play for Super Bowls, but it seems like they're right. playing for – Division titles, which is kind of weird. Well, obviously still a lot to be done, but that's a big piece to solve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, bids punched in college hoops. Southeast Missouri State wins the Ohio Valley. Farley, Fairleigh Dickinson. Northeaster, Northeast Conference bid due to the title game. Opponent Merrimack being ineligible. That's weird. North Carolina Asheville came back. Down ten and beat uh, Campbell. Campbell had knocked off uh, the two and three seeds and almost beat the number one seed in the Big South out in Charlotte. Uh, Drake, everybody loves the Drake, the Missouri Valley champs. Kennesaw State, who had a two eighty one winning percentage in the last seventeen years, wins the Atlantic Sun beating Liberty yesterday. Quick note on Mary Mack, because I know people don't care, but I found it interesting they would even allow them in that conference tournament, because it's going to be a bad look if they win it all and can't get that bid, and you got to give it to the runner-up. Or what What possible, do you not have a run, or a, do you not have a bid in the tournament at all from that conference if they win it all? It's no, because you got to, not a good look. Everybody's got to have a, everybody's got to have a bid. Yeah. Everybody's got to have an AQ. Uh, the reason, uh, other thing I want Ben to make note of here, um, some MMA news. Oh, huge weekend. 
So give me, give me, cookies. You know Ben gets emotional over uh, combat sports. No, I did not know that. Yeah, he's emotional over is, combat sports. Is wrestling included in? I think he's gotten fired up over pro wrestling. What's the most fired up you ever gotten over pro wrestling? I don't uh, know, but I'll tell you since this. I was a kid, to be honest with you. Yeah, don't don't derail this cookie because yeah. Ben used to, Ben used to get emotional. He he like started getting emotional. Oh yeah, UFC when, when I first started, it was a big deal to yeah. me. Yeah. All right, uh, Cookie. Uh, let's uh, Ben run run down the big because there's, there's some MMA news involving yeah, kind of Eastern North Carolina. So Local go ahead. guys, yeah. Derek Brunson, a guy we've had on the show before, uh, got TKO'd in the second round, I believe. He uh, officially announced his retirement, which is kind of a bummer. Um, and then Jamie Pickett, a Greenville native. He wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What was it, Brunson? Like, at, like six months after we talked to him, didn't he? Get into the main event picture? He did, yeah. And he uh, he faced a big-time contender that nobody wanted to fight, and he pretty much took the heat and got knocked out, and that kind okay. of derailed everything. Um, he was the one All guy right. that stepped up, and it he, he bet on himself, okay. and it didn't work out. I understand. Okay, and then uh, the kid from Greenville. Yeah, Jamie Pickett used to be a truck driver from Greenville, had a great story, won Dana White's Contender Series, and uh, fought a huge prospect, and Bo Nickel was undefeated, and I believe either got submitted or knocked out fairly quickly. So um, not good news for Eastern North Carolina native fighters in this recent event. And then what did Jones do this weekend? So John Jones, you know, he was arguably the GOAT coming into that fight. He moved up a weight class to heavyweight on like a two, three-year hiatus and knocked out pretty much their champion. And now they're setting up a fight where he fights that, where it's basically the GOAT and John Jones versus the heavyweight GOAT and Stipe Miocic. So it's a Jones big time fight. Jones is the GOAT, though, right? Jones, Jones is the is GOAT. The goat Hands right? down, he's the GOAT now. Yeah, there's no okay. denying it. No debate. Right. It's like Tom Brady. Cook. You can't deny it. understand. Yeah. Okay. Cookie, anything to to add to any of this from the weekend that we missed? I watched the uh, Jones match, and uh, I don't want to say I was disappointed that it was so quick, but it was surprising that it was so quick for him to step away for X amount of years and be able to not only win, but win like in that dominant fashion. That was fun to watch, even though it was a little short. What was weird, too, is that, with mm-hmm. the layoff and with the uh, moving up in weight, it's his first fight at heavyweight. He was still the favorite coming into that fight, which I found yeah. very odd. You know who's a big MMA fan, Ben? Who's that? Uh, Adam Gold's producer, Victoria. Yeah, I, I I saw her picks on Twitter, and she actually nailed yeah. all her picks. I disagreed well, with everything knows, them, and she nailed like, it. She knows it, the sport. I mean, she's really smart about it see i have some knowledge i have probably a little bit more knowledge in boxing but i'm more so like the meathead ufc bud light drinking guy when it comes to the ufc i just enjoy she's it. really she's a like she her picks are usually right no she's got like analyst knowledge almost yeah you ought to uh you ought to match wits with her sometime maybe so maybe so by the way burly batting in spring training did what any good uh ex-pirate and cardinal baseball player would do his last at bat in this grapefruit league game and he advanced the runners by hitting it on the right side of the infield that's cliff ball baby 286 this spring for burley all right uh tell you what we've got a ben was it you that said today we're too good to our listeners yeah i mean this is quite a prize pack you're about to unfold here see me personally i, I love the listeners shout out to the listeners what a heel um. Oh, uh, we also got the Farmville Central time set. 
Uh, they're going to play 2.30. Uh, we're going to have coverage for you. We'll get into those details tomorrow uh, and uh, on our social media as well. Uh, we're going to do Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Cliff Godwin next because Cliff is the guest tonight on the Inside the ECU Athletics radio show, so we don't want to go back-to-back Cliff. But we will give you a taste of some of that Cliff Godwin interview coming up. But as we go to break here, uh, Cookie, do we have a pair of tickets to Friday's game or every game this weekend? Friday's game for today. Okay. Do, every, do every game this weekend. We could still do every game. It'd be it's weird call, to give away Friday's game. You it's know? your call, Patrick. All right, then we'll do this. We'll give away a, a pair of tickets to every game this weekend of the Liberty Series, right? Two tickets go. Friday, two tickets Saturday, two tickets Sunday. We'll also give you a Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card and... Win them before you buy them. Slightly stupid and sublime concert tickets with special guest atmosphere and the movement from the gorgeous Live Oak Bank Pavilion in Wilmy World in Wilmington. The show is in August on a weekend. You'll get a pair of tickets to that. So that's tickets to baseball this weekend for the here and now. Down the road, you can go see slightly stupid and sublime. Cookie, we get some some sublime. We have sublime. Yes, we do. Some sublime. Uh, Place of sublime. I got a lot to learn, Cookie. You're promising, but you got a lot to learn. It's the little. I mean, I like slow ride. It's one of my jams. But we got what I got up there. I don't know if he's familiar with sublime. We do. Yes, save it for later then. Okay. Save it for later, Cookie. When we come back, uh, we'll have Cliff Godwin. But right now, you can win tickets to the baseball series, Chico's Mexican Restaurant, and tickets to slightly stupid and sublime. If you're caller 752-561-GAME, 252-561-4263, good luck to you as you call in to win that fabulous prize pack worth a lot of money. And uh, we'll talk with Cliff Godwin next. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. On your flagship home of pirate football. 94.3 The Game. Bill's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Pirate baseball with quite a week ahead of them as they will uh, head out for a couple of uh, road games in the Piedmont area of North Carolina. And we'll uh, talk about the... Uh, mechanisms of that trip, but let's recap uh, the weekend that was uh, as we got Coach Godwin with us. Here's we'll go inside uh, the ECU locker room to uh, talk Pirate baseball with Coach. Uh, Coach, congratulations on a uh, two out of three weekend, some great games, and thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Coach, let's start with yesterday. Josh Groves really set the tone with the uh, 10 strikeouts and – your flawless baseball in his five innings of work. What an outing for him. Maybe a breakthrough outing. It grows is really good. His stuff was good. Uh, he attacked hitters better than he has in the past and had really good stuff. And, uh, of course, 10 strikeouts. He didn't give up a hit. Uh, pitch count was up there. So, you know, we wanted to take him out of the game. We didn't want to put him in risk for in- injury. So, uh, but he did an outstanding job and set the tone for yesterday. And then Josh Moylan, who uh, had a really good weekend and some really great at-bats in, in the two games that I was able to see this weekend. Uh, and then yesterday, obviously, puts together 
uh, a four RBI day. Josh Moylan has uh, really worked his way back and, and has become, uh, in my mind, a real disciplined and uh, productive hitter. Uh, take us into a little bit of uh, his play this season and, and this weekend in particular. Well, we worked on getting him uh, a little bit more in his legs after the first uh, weekend, and uh, he's bought into it, and he's seeing the ball better. And really, for the past two weeks, he's just he's been on a lot of pitches and hasn't necessarily had a ton of results to show for it. Um, he crushed the ball on Saturday that you know the wind was kind of blowing in that would at least been off the wall on a normal day, if not a home run to center field. Um, so he had some tough luck. Even yesterday, he smoked the ball off the pitcher's foot, and it just went straight to the first baseman. But he's really, really done a good job of just working hard to see the baseball and just happy for him that he's starting to get some of those positive results. He's put a lot of work in, and he even talked in the uh, preseason about uh, meeting with a sports psychologist. So, I mean, he really approaches the game from the mental aspect, too, and has worked really hard at that, hasn't he, Coach? He has. He's worked a lot on himself, and, and that was one of the biggest things coming out of last year. You know, when you don't have the season that you want to have, um, he wanted to get better, and he took it upon himself, which I really appreciate, and uh, worked with a sports psych guy and, you know, met with me once a week and just talking about life and how his headspace was and all that good stuff. So, like I said, he's worked really hard, and uh, I'm happy for him that he's starting to see some fruits of his labor. You know, that's an interesting point, and I think uh certainly don't want to be privy to those conversations, but I, but I think that is an interesting part of baseball, and you do get it in all levels of, of coaching, but with baseball, it's such a long season at every level, and uh, there's a lot of hours that are put in just to play the games. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think the really effective relationships between a coach or a manager and a player or when you are talking about things just just like life but that doesn't apply to every single guy you got to approach everybody a little differently so that's interesting could you maybe take us into that because you got very distinct personalities on this team there's no one way there's a culture but there's no one size fits all in dealing with all the different personalities and players is there no i mean <clears throat> they're human beings to start with so everybody comes from different uh upbringing everybody comes from different family situations uh of course different cultures depending on what part of the country they're from we do have a lot of north carolina kids but we also have a few out-of-state kids so um but just getting to know them one-on-one and, and what makes them tick and you know josh and i've had a lot of conversations individually um as he has with a lot of the coaches on our staff over his two and a half years here and you know, what you want to do is to provide them with information to help them be the best version of themselves. And he is working towards being the best version of himself each and every day. Pirate coach Cliff Godwin is visiting with us uh, here today. ECU will play at Queens tomorrow and Elon Wednesday before returning home. Three-game set opens Friday night, six against Liberty at Clark LeClaire Stadium, which uh, was, again, packed this weekend with an awesome crowd uh, and an Intuit crowd. Coach, that was really interesting in talking to the Indiana coaching staff uh, and then uh, Coach Venezuela with uh, Long Beach State. They were just blown away by everything, the facilities, but also the the really regional environment that Pirate Nation brings to uh, to each game that uh, your team plays. So uh, a nice uh, 
a nice compliment to the fans, a nice compliment to you and your program, of course. That was also top the list of, of what a quality program we have at ECU, but also uh, the facilities and the commitment from uh, the athletic department. I mean, all the way around, as you talk to these coaches from other parts of the country more and more, they they really realize what a special thing uh, that we have here in Greenville. Well, it's awesome, and it's uh, it takes a village for sure. And I just want to thank the, you know, the ground staff, the operations staff. I mean, this weekend's a lot for those guys. I mean, they're here, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. They're leaving here at ten o'clock at night, um, making sure the field's ready, making sure the stadium's cleaned up and it's ready to go the next day. Of course, Blake Hardigree, my director of baseball operations, just coordinating with other teams what time BP is and all that good stuff. Uh, those guys, you know, behind the scenes making it really, really go off at a very, very high level. And of course, the fans are awesome. And, uh, you know, I wish we could continue to get them in, in, in the game a little more when we're not doing anything offensively, like on Saturday. <laughs> right. I've told our guys that we got to find ways to use the whole home field advantage, but you got to do something, um, to get them into the game. And, um, it's just awesome when you can play in front of such a passionate group. And, you know, we've been, uh, you know, lucky to this point with the weather and we've had great crowds. So we need to, the crowd to show up definitely for Friday, Saturday and Sunday this week because Liberty is really, really good and they got some really good pitching. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with, uh, Friday night's game, Trey Savage goes out, gets his first win of the year, strikes out a career high 11 in that one and really, uh, kept Indiana off balance. Uh, and, and, and near the end of the outing, got to pitch out of a little bit of a jam there. And I think that was a good thing for, for uh, Trey to go through. So uh, give us your, your thoughts on Trey's performance and uh, just thoughts overall on the, the Friday night game. Trey's just taking a really, really professional approach about going about his business. It's never been about the Friday night role, which is going out there and being the best version of himself. Coach Knight's worked great with him, uh, developing those all-speed pitches and Man, he's been able to throw off-speed pitches, and, you know, when he's behind the count, whether it be 1-0, 2-1, he controls the running game. Uh, it, it's been a pleasure to watch and just the, the way he goes about his business, and uh, he's got really good stuff. So uh, we're, we're glad he's on our team. Great outing for him. Uh, with Friday coming, uh, saw the uh, the uh, change in the lineup and uh, Luke Nowak uh, heading to the top of the lineup. JJC dropping uh, down uh, and uh, batting in uh, maybe an area where he perhaps is a little more comfortable. Uh, I think Nowak's speed obviously gives you uh, a real table setter uh, potentially at the top of the lineup. And then uh, with uh, Jacob Jenkins-Cowart dropping down, maybe in a little more of a comfortable role, uh, what led to the change? And and it seemed like, too, you really have have done a great job uh, this weekend of rewarding guys in the lineup who have swung a good bat or had good at bats? Well, just having a conversation with J.C. We had it in the fall, and uh, he's never hit leadoff before, but we talked about guys like Bryant Packer and Connor Norby who have done it and done it at a high level. Um, and he just never got comfortable up there, to be honest with you. And um, that's part of coaches is putting guys in situations to be the best versions of themselves and to be successful. And after having that conversation with him, um, we decided to drop him down a little bit and he, uh, feels more comfortable, not in the leadoff spot and just putting no lack up there because of his speed. Uh, so, um, 
you know, that's where we are right now. And who knows? You never know. I mean, we always tell our guys the starting lineup on day one is different than day 20. And then day 20 is different than day 56. So it's, you know, trying to maneuver those pieces around to, to make your offense go. And uh, this weekend, I thought, you know, we did a good job. Um, you know, we didn't score enough runs on Saturday. But other than that, the other two days, we did a really good job. Cliff Godwin joining us. It's inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Head Coach Cliff Godwin. The podcast will uh, usually post late morning on Mondays, 94.3 The Game. It's right there on the homepage, so you can check out that interview in its entirety by heading over there, and you'll hear more from Coach Godwin coming up later tonight. Uh, in fact, at the top of the hour when it is inside ECU athletics from Logan's Roadhouse, Cliff Godwin will be tonight's special guest. All right. A, uh, an update, including some breaking news out of uh, the ACC with the one and only uh, Cookie right now, a 94-3 the game update. Uh, and then we'll have a pirate report for you, but right now here's Chris Cook. Starting off in some breaking news, Derek Carr signed with the New Orleans Saints. He is on a four-year deal worth $150 million with $100 million in guarantees. Former ECU running back Keaton Mitchell officially ran a 4.37 40-yard dash, which is the third fastest among running backs at the Combine. Former ECU wide receiver C.J. Johnson was also at the Combine, but didn't do any testing or drills due to what is being reported as an Achilles injury. Kyle Filipowski won ACC Rookie of the Year. Jeff Capel won ACC Coach of the Year. Intercravian Smith, Farmville Central alumni made all-conference second team. And finally, former ECU Pirate Jane Garner got an honorable mention by the conference. Yesterday, ECU basketball closed out the 20th annual Keith LeClaire Classic with an 11-2 victory over Georgetown. Josh Moylan had a big day for the Pirates, and Coach Godwin had this to say about his performance. ECU men's basketball fell in its final game of the regular season to UCF 84-58 on Sunday in Orlando. Ezra Asar led the Pirates with 14 points and 5 rebounds. ECU women's basketball head coach Kim McNeil has been named the AAC Coach of the Year. Danae McNeil has been named the Defensive Player of the Year and Most Improved, while Amaya Joyner was named Freshman of the Year. The Pirates entered the conference tournament as the third seed. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative director directly supporting Pirates student-athletes. For info on how to join, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go, cut on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Pirates with uh, the victory, and Sunday they uh, bust out for a big eighth inning. Went 11-2 over Georgetown. Bad weekend for the Hoyas. Hoyas got 12 runs dropped on him in the opening uh, inning of the LeClaire Classic against uh, the Dirtbags of Long Beach State. And I really uh, enjoyed the game Saturday. And I thought uh, Long Beach State was really competitive and scrappy. That was a heck of a game. So I enjoyed that uh, immensely. Obviously didn't enjoy the outcome, but 
uh, just that that had that's the kind of that's some that's some high level baseball that uh, was being played as far as the competitive nature of it. Uh, two very competitive and proud programs going at it. Uh, but uh, yesterday the Pirates bounced back, big win for them. Uh, Josh Moylan, who uh, has the highest average going right now in the 260s since his freshman year. Talked about, uh, first and foremost, feeling good to get a win. And then Moylan talked about his grand salami. So the Pirates will hit the road tomorrow. They will play against the uh, Queens University team, first-year Division One. They'll play at the Cannonballer Stadium in Kannapolis. Uh, Six o'clock will be the... Uh, Time tomorrow for the first pitch. We will be on the air uh, with baseball coverage at 545. So an abbreviated Patrick Johnson show coming your way tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to uh, bringing you our show tomorrow with uh, Mike Perry joining us. What do you think of that, Ben? A little Mike Perry action on the program tomorrow. We're going to talk uh, Pirate basketball, the regular season, and uh, talk Jeff Charles as well. Mike Perry, who does a great job. He's great, and he's had a difficult job here recently dealing with different play-by-play guys from game to game. I mean, that guy deserves a lot of credit. Unsung hero when it comes to um, ECU on the radio and broadcast and whatnot. Michael Perry's great. Very nice guy, and too, you know, also. He, no, he's, he's a heck of a guy. And you know what else? Really good on, that, in the, air in that, on the air in that capacity. Absolutely. Like, yeah. really good. Yeah, especially he's when he very interviews coach. Yeah, he's good. He really is. All right. Um, speaking of basketball, Mike Swartz. This is a coach on why he felt the Pirates lost yesterday to UCF. It started with turnovers, and we could never get that under control. And nine in the first half, and allowed them 15-point lead at halftime, 14 points off of turnovers in the first half. I thought that was the difference. I mean, you know, they're a dynamic offensive team when they're making shots like that, which they were in the first half, but if you're going to continue to kind of aid that process by turning it over so many times, uh, you know, and then we can never recover. And then Coach Schwartz says the team had to, uh, has to regroup before the tournament. You know, we got we to gotta regroup. We got to get ready to go and play. I haven't seen anything with the bracket or anything like that, so I don't know where, who, what, what time we're playing. But the bottom line is that, yeah, we have to do that just like every team in the country does. It just so happens we're coming off of a really poor performance heading into it. Uh, which you'd rather it the other way around. That game will be at uh, 1230 on uh, Thursday with a 12 noon airtime. And uh, it will uh, be here on 94.3, the game in 107.9. Ben, I'm making the executive call. We just uh, stick with the network. There we go, yeah. No, no local pregame. You know, since it's at noon, everybody's kind of used to, you know, turn, tuning into a new show at noon. So let's. Yeah, keep it that way. Let's just stick with the network. Yeah. Absolutely. And you'll be on, you'll be on the anchor desk that day anyway, right? Yeah, I will. So, you okay. know, you'll still get there to hear go. me if you're missing me. We'll put it that way. Ah, uh, we'll have complete postgame wrap for you. Uh, that day on the Patrick Johnson show. Uh, if it's at 1230, they'll be off the air, what, three? Yeah, and, and I think that's a favorable game for the Pirates. USF is tough, but it's yeah. a winnable game. Yeah, they're the eight seed Pirates, or the nine seed winner gets Houston. So uh, obviously, you want to get to the chance so you could play number one. You just never know what's going to happen in a tournament, but we'll see how it shakes. Absolutely. All right, uh, Coach Swartz credits uh, UCF for outplaying the Pirates yesterday. They're they're a very good defensive team, Mike, and they've got great size on the front line and. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, they really, whether it was at the rim or on the glass, they were able to keep us off it. And, you know, we were not able to get any thrust in there in terms of rebounding the basketball. This at one point was a team early in January that was looked at as like an at-large uh, potential yeah, team. Uh, one of the top three teams in this league. And as you said, their record is not indicative of how good of a team they are. Uh, and I thought they played great tonight, and we didn't. And then Coach Schwartz says the team cannot blame their tough schedule for the loss. Yeah, and then maybe it did. You know, you don't want to use it as an excuse because right. you want to find a way to push through and give yourself a chance in the second half, maybe last four minutes a chance, and it was nowhere near that, obviously. Uh, but that being said, you know, could physically, you know, we don't have a deep bench. You could see us struggling. R.J. went down with a sprained ankle during the game. And, you know, so things like that, I think they all add up. But in the end of the day, you know, you have to find a way to fight through that stuff, and we were not able to today without a doubt. All right. Uh I guess on this weekend's uh, Scott Van Pelt podcast, who knew? Everybody's got a podcast. I didn't know who Stanford uh, Steve was, but apparently he's a big deal. I, he's probably on that podcast. Well, he was. Yeah. He recapped his trip to Greenville. He says his first trip to Greenville. What no was... word if he talked about uh, dorky members of the media trying to uh, jump in the angle. Hanging off. He was on camera or not. What was his impression of the town? He might get a great time. Uh, No, he was favorable. He said everybody was was really nice. He liked the facilities at ECU. There was just this guy that was like, it was like a black cloud over me. He wouldn't leave me alone. It's kind of like his shadow. Yeah. You know. Anything for you, Mr. Stanford Steve? Like a leech. A leech. It's like one of the parasites that feeds on, like, the shark. It's not a it symbiotic attaches. relationship. It's a parasitic relationship is what you're saying. Yeah, there you go, Ben. Science. Look at that. Yeah. I paid little, attention little, a little, little bit in school. Right. A little, little science, uh, high school science there. That one's for the kids. Stay uh, in school, kids. By the way, I remember when the same person put, like, their biggest achievement was high school president to try to be on the board. Anyway, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, n- never mind. Jeez. But, uh, look, positive, positive reviews. Uh, positive reviews from Stanford Steve about uh, Greenville during his trip for the uh, Houston. Well, that's good. good. And and the Sup Dogs people were excellent hosts. Brett and everybody, excellent hosts. Excellent hosts. That was not the problem. Yeah. Um, Cliff Godwin tonight inside ECU Athletics. That is coming up. Uh, how about Coach McNeil getting Coach of the Year? I'm thrilled about that. That's awesome. Well Very deserving. Yeah, absolutely. Very deserving. I, uh... It was texted with Coach last yesterday, late in the evening. Uh, and uh, I know she's very proud of what uh, Danae McNeil and, and Maya Joyner and really her whole team uh, achieved. But um happy for her because that was uh, a, a big achievement for, for her. And they'll figure out tonight who they will play. Uh, if it's going to be Cincinnati or Tulane, I, you know, probably likely going to be Tulane. I agree, yeah. I can see that. But uh, obviously Cincinnati would be the, the more favorable matchup, one would think. And Tulane split with the Pirates. And you could argue that Tulane kind of kept ECU from getting the two seed. Yeah, absolutely they did. You could argue that. It's like Cliff So says, we'll know that. When it comes to Coach McNeil winning that, wasn't about the preseason poll, it's about the postseason poll. And they got no, the third right. seed and they were picked last in the conference. And what a turnaround. She... Should have had that uh, award on lockdown, and she got it. So they made the right move. 
Houston stays number one in the AP poll. UCLA is number two. Uh, so the American and the Pac-12 have uh, the uh, latest in the poll. Houston beat Memphis yesterday to, at the buzzer. Nail-biter there. Uh, Kansas is number three. Alabama drops there. Number four, Perdont is number five, followed by Marquette. At six, Texas at seven, Arizona at eight, Gonzaga at nine. Don't look now, but here come the Zags. And then Baylor is number 10 in the uh, AP poll. Uh, what does Lenardi have? I saw this earlier today. Lenardi has uh, Houston, and this is as of last night, uh, has Houston the number one team in the East bracket. Uh, in that same bracket, he has Texas number two, Tennessee number three, Duke number six. So he has that in Greensboro, Duke and Tennessee in Greensboro as a potential second-round matchup. Uh, the four in that uh, Lenardi projection is UCANT and then uh, St. Mary's. That would be played in Albany, New York. So St. Mary's is as good as packing their bags if it's chalk in round two because you're not going to beat UConn in the Northeast. Uh, Alabama right now is number one in the South, according to Joey Brackets. Uh, the two is Perdont. The Kansas State is uh, the three. It's kind of a weak deal. Virginia's four, and Iowa State is five. So uh, South a little weak, in my opinion. Uh, Kansas, number one in the Midwest. Second-round date, potentially, with Missouri or Memphis. Yikes. Uh, Indiana and Miami are four and five in that uh, bracket, part of the bracket, according to Lenardi. Arizona's two and three is Marquette, so that's pretty tough. That's a fun uh, like bracket. Arizona out of, like Arizona out of that. And then uh, West UCLA, uh, it is uh, Baylor two. Everybody's sleeping on Baylor. Gonzaga three, and then Xavier and TCU are four. So I, I would say that. Baylor or UCLA, that'd be a hell of an Elite Eight uh, if it were to transpire. Uh, Pitt, State, Auburn, and Rutgers are the last four buys. Last four in are Mississippi State, so my guy Will Bailey will be excited about that. Nevada, Wisconsin, and Penn State. First four out, Utah State, Clemson, Oklahoma State, and Arizona State, so the fighting Bobby Hurley's not in. Next four out includes Michigan, uh, North Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Oregon. Before we have a bracket, so do you have a pick? Just an early pick, way too early uh, championship uh, pick? Out of what I saw there, I kind of like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you on the other side. How about there we that? go. I, I want to look at that bracket again. You're professional. Tease of the business. There you go. I don't. And so I'll run through that, and we'll wrap up the show. That's a pro move. Are we going to get any sublime? Who, by the way, congrats to Todd in Greenville, our winner of the baseball tickets, Chico's, and slightly stupid with Sublime. Ben, you're going to the show. I am going, and Cookie's going to be going, but he better be playing some Sublime here soon. I was going to play it coming back. Get Hang on, the Cookie. Are you, Cookie? Are you aware that Sublime has actually made music this century? No, I. With, I kind of thought they were specifically 90s. Because you kind of like everything from last century. I, I do like everything from last century. <laughs> I got an old soul, man. Okay. They still make music. Still make new music. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be back to wrap things up, get you ready for Inside uh, ECU Athletics, coming up from Logan's Roadhouse at the top of the hour. And now... 
the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Ben, I don't care what you do at the Sublime concert when you go in August. You won't be on our dime anymore. So I'm, yeah, cut loose, baby. Yeah, absolutely, I am. Ben's too wild, man. He's gonna go like super wild. I've seen it happen. Well, that's fine. Ben deserves to go wild. I need a good time. Need to cut loose. Chris is laughing because he knows it's it's a case of the what's it the what do they say the pot calling the kettle black or how yeah Ben goes too wild when he's like going out, man. Don't even get me started. Yeah, this guy's like my arch nemesis as I'm leaving now. <laughs> uh, um, tomorrow, 75, another very nice warm day tomorrow, and then it's going to be cold, 56 on Wednesday, 57 on Thursday. And wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know who won the pony? Uh-oh. It is uh, going to rain. All right, corny. On uh, Friday and, and Saturday. <sighs> so there you go. Is what it is, I suppose. That's the pattern we're in, right? Yeah. Uh, I so based on Lenardi's bracket, and this is just me off the top of my head spitballing here. Uh, final four would be Arizona out of the Midwest. Bottom part of that bracket out of the West, I'll go Baylor. Um, I think the South is not very strong, so I'll, I'll say Alabama. Although I could see Kentucky knocking off Purdue and maybe even getting to the Elite Eight, but I'll, I'll say Alabama. Okay. And uh, I'm going to go, since it's for the right to play, to go to Houston, I'm going to go Houston. There you go. Not bad picks. You played it safe. Tell you what, though, something about Duke in New York, in Greensboro, then to New York, you know. Well, Duke's been overlooked this year. Something to be said. They got the ACC Player of the Year, and they were undefeated at home. I mean, there's something to be said about well, that. Well, the Rookie of the Year. The Rookie of the Year. I apologize, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Player of the Year was the kid from uh, Miami. There was really no Player of the Year in the ACC. I yeah, think. nobody really stood out. I would say Filipowski probably, in my eyes, probably should have won it. But, I mean, if Baycott's still in the run-in, it was a bad year for the ACC in terms of Player of the Year, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. He made first team, by the way. Congratulations to Draquavion Smith, who was the second team uh, honoree. Huge. No, big deal for him. NBA money coming. Oh, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly so it is coming his way. That's a seven-figured so. guy sitting in the... Uh, and deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. And deserve it. And deserve it. Baby All team. right, uh, inside... Inside ECU Clubhouse is coming up next, uh, or Inside ECU uh, Athletics is coming up next. Ben tickled me there, so I lost my train of thought. Uh, inside the ECU uh, Athletics radio program from Logan's Roadhouse, Cliff Godwin will be tonight's special guest, so expect a big crowd out uh, there tonight. Uh, we'll bring it to you from a radio perspective in just a bit, top of the hour. Uh, we've also got... Uh, Michael Perry with us tomorrow. Thanks for Coach Godwin for being with us earlier today. Thanks to uh, Ben and Cookie. Uh, and uh, later on in the week, Ben Byram's final uh, broad, his sign-off broadcast from uh, 94.3 The Game. I'll be out Friday, so Ben is hosting. Ben, don't get us fined. No, That's I all need, I'm just going to say. I, I, hey, I, I like to get a little rambunctious sometimes, but I ain't going to get us fined. I ain't going to get us into some trouble where we owe some money or anything. No, so. he told me since it's his last day, he's, like, going crazy. That's the guy you need to worry about. Yeah. 
That's the guy moving I'm, forward for you, and you know you got some serious issues in terms of fines. I'm, I'm a little worried. Um, Zoki on Friday, Ben. Yeah, Zoki. Yeah, I mean he's he's always coming on when I host. So you know, let's keep the tradition. Well, I mean, he's your favorite. End. Yeah, he's your favorite guest, right? We're not joking about that. He is my favorite guest. I love Zoke. So why not have Zoke on? Absolutely, a good farewell. I can't thank you All enough right. for that. We'll uh, see everybody tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening. Inside ECU Athletics with Cliff Godwin is next.